0: Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the September 22nd episode of the podcast, Catechism with Father Neil. Today we're going to look at numbers 2221 through 2233 of the Catechism. The Duties of Parents, 2221, the fecundity of conjugal love cannot be reduced solely to the procreation of children, but must extend to their moral education and their spiritual formation. The role of parents in education is of such importance that it is almost impossible to provide an adequate substitute. The right and duty of parents to educate their children are primordial and inalienable. 22.22 Parents must regard their children as children of God and respect them as human persons. Showing themselves obedient to the will of God the Father in heaven, they educate their children to fulfil God's law. 2223. Parents have the first responsibility for the education of their children. They bear witness to this responsibility by creating a home where tenderness, forgiveness, respect, fidelity, and disinterested service are the rule. The home is well suited for education in the virtues. This requires an apprenticeship in self denial, sound judgment, and self mastery, the preconditions of all true freedom. Parents should teach their children to subordinate the material and instinctual dimensions to interior and spiritual ones. Parents have a grave responsibility to give good example to their children. By knowing how to acknowledge their own failings to their children, parents will be better able to guide and correct them. He who loves his son will not spare the rod. He who disciplines his son will profit him. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. 22.24 The home is a natural environment for initiating a human being into solidarity and communal responsibilities. Parents should teach children to avoid the compromising and degrading influences which threaten human societies. 22.25 Through the grace of the sacrament of marriage, parents receive the responsibility and privilege of evangelising their children. Parents should initiate their children at an early age into the mysteries of the faith, of which they are the first heralds to their children. They should associate them from their tenderest years with the life of the church. A wholesome family life can foster interior dispositions that are a genuine preparation for a living faith and remain a support for it throughout one's life. 2226. Education of the faith by the parents should begin in the child's earliest years. This already happens when family members help one another to grow in faith by the witness of a Christian life in keeping with the gospel. Family catechesis precedes, accompanies, and enriches other forms of instruction in the faith. Parents have the mission of teaching their children to pray and discover their vocation as children of God. The parish is the Eucharistic community and the heart of the liturgical life of Christian families. It is a privileged place for the catechesis of children and parents. Twenty-two, twenty-seven. Children, in turn, contribute to the growth of holiness of their parents. Each and every one should be generous and tireless in forgiving one another for offences, quarrels, injustices and neglect. Mutual affection suggests this. The charity of Christ demands it. Parents' respect and affection are expressed by the care and attention they devote to bringing up their young children and providing for their physical and spiritual needs. As the children grow up, the same respect and devotion lead parents to educate them in the right use of their reason and freedom. 2229. As those first responsible for the education of their children, parents have the right to choose a school for them which corresponds to their own convictions. That right is fundamental. As far as possible, parents have the duty of choosing schools that will best help them in their duty as Christian educators. Public authorities have the duty of guaranteeing this parental right and ensuring the concrete conditions for its exercise. Twenty-two thirty. When they become adults, children have the right and duty to to choose their profession and state of life. They should assume their new responsibilities within a trusting relationship with their parents, willingly asking and receiving their advice and counsel. Parents should be careful, Not to exert pressure on their children, either in the choice of a profession or in that of a spouse. This this necessary restraint does not prevent them, quite the contrary, from giving their children judicious advice, particularly when they are planning to start a family. 2231. Some forego marriage in order to care for parents or brothers and sisters, to give themselves more completely to a profession or to serve other honourable ends. They can contribute greatly to the good of the human family. 4. The family and the kingdom. 2232. Family ties are important but not absolute. Just as the child grows to maturity and human and spiritual autonomy, so his unique vocation, which comes from God, asserts itself more clearly and forcefully. Parents should respect this call and encourage their children to follow it. They must be convinced that the first vocation of the Christian is to follow Jesus. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. 22.33 Becoming a disciple of Jesus means accepting the invitation to become, to belong to God's family, to live in conformity with his way of life. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Parents should welcome and respect with joy and thanksgiving the Lord's call to one of their children to follow him in virginity for the sake of the kingdom, in the consecrated life, or in the priestly ministry. Very well, so today we're looking at the, um, the education, uh, the duties of parents in educating their children. This is the other half of honour thy father and thy mother. It also means that the father and the mother have to have a particular responsibility to their children that obviously um, fruitfulness is one of the uh, uh, one of the fundamental aspects of marriage. So every marriage should aspire to have children. Obviously uh, not every marriage will have children, but it is a uh, part of the marriage ceremony. When you get married, one of the things questions you have to answer is are you willing to accept the children that God sends you? So uh, this is a very important part of marriage to have a family, to have children, But it's not just simply a matter of giving physical life to these children. But there is also a very important aspect of taking care of the education of the children. And the education of the children doesn't mean simply that you put away money, and you start saving so that they can go to Harvard when they grow up. Yeah, sure, it's fine to do, uh, to prepare for their college, no problem. But the main thing that parents are called to do is to take care of the spiritual upbringing of your children, to help them to grow into good people, to help them to be productive members of society and productive members of the church, and to help them to have spiritual lives. Obviously, the Catechism is going to spend more of a time concentrating on the spiritual lives than anything else. It goes out saying that parents have to take care of clothing and feeding and sending the children to school and all the rest of it. That's, that's true, that is absolutely true. But here in the Catechism, it's emphasizing the particular religious aspect that from the faith point of view is the most important aspect, is to prepare these children for heaven. That every child that's born, God wants that child to go to heaven and the decision ultimately is up to the person themselves when they grow, when they grow up, what they decide to do. Do they choose life or do they choose death? But as part of this, if the family prepares the child, it's much easier. If you're born in a Christian family, it's much easier to be Christian. It's not it's not tr- absolutely true in the sense that um, you can have people who had very good parents who gave them great up- Christian upbringing that, of their own free will, turn their backs on it. And you get people who didn't get a Christian upbringing who later in life come to know Jesus Christ, come to know the Lord, and develop a great faith. But in general... It's better and easier if we're introduced to the faith in the family, from our parents, from our loved ones, from those who are over us, uh, with our brothers and sisters. So this is the, um, the nucleus of the church, the nucleus of society. Yes, the parish is very important, yes, in a sense it's saying the parish is the place of the sacraments, which are vital, but for handing on the faith to the child, you need to have a family. And this family is okay, not perfect. There are many families out there, well there are no families out there that are perfect, but there are many families out there that have got big challenges. And this is, um, this is, uh, this is really uh, something that we have to, to learn to, um, to, to overcome. That no family is perfect. No family has absolutely all of the answers. Every family has its challenges. Every family has, has its weaknesses. Um. every family has sins, every family is overcoming particular challenges, Um. and in this, the Lord wants to be present. So it's not simply to say, oh, uh, this is a broken home, therefore it's no longer a family, therefore we're uh, not going to pass on the faith. No, we do our best, we pass on the faith as we can, and that God will help. The Lord helps each one of us. And from these imperfect families, from these families facing challenges, from these families who have a certain amount of poverty, the Lord comes and he helps. And great saints can come from very imperfect places. But again, the best place, rather than any program in a parish, rather than any um, than any learned uh, book or video series or anything, The best place to pass faith to the next generation is in the family. And the best person to do it are the parents. The parents, or those who are responsible for the children, have this particular ministry in the church of passing on the faith. That in some Catholic countries, there is the tradition of the children coming to their parents for a blessing at night, or maybe when they're praying during the day. And this is a beautiful thing to see the parents, to see the father or the mother, giving a blessing to the child. This is, in a sense, the most important thing that we do with our children and that can help us um, throughout our lives. It can be the most intimate, the, the nicest moment, is to pray with your children, to teach them the faith, to worship with them, to help them. And these are treasures that the children will continue, will, will, will hold. Maybe they'll forget about a little bit when they're young adults or whatever, but there are moments that they will continually come back to. That these are the things that, in a sense, matter most. That uh, in your funeral, please God, your children will be remembering how you pass the faith on to them. Because this is the biggest legacy we can leave. So really, this is, the, this is what this section of the Catechism is stressing, this relationship uh, of parents towards their children, this responsibility that parents have to rear their children in the faith, to pass the faith on to them, so that the children can form good families themselves afterwards. And also, please God, uh, some of the children will find vocations to the priesthood or to the religious life. So very well. Tomorrow we'll continue. And tomorrow we're going to look at 2234 through 2237. God bless.